0: Let's open our Bibles this morning to the book of Isaiah, chapter 11. The sermon this morning is part of our Advent series as we look forward to Christmas Day. We have been looking at some texts from the Old Testament that speak of the coming and the birth of our Savior. But the text also serves to prepare us to partake of the Lord's Supper this morning as well. Isaiah chapter 11. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf, and the young lion, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria, and from Egypt, and from Pathros, and from Cush, and from Elam, and from Shinar, and from Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations, and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel, and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. The envy also of Ephraim shall depart, and the adversaries of Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Judah, and Judah shall not vex Ephraim, but they shall fly upon the shoulders of the Philistines toward the west." They shall spoil them of the east together. They shall lay their hand upon Edom and Moab, and the children of Ammon shall obey them. And the Lord shall utterly destroy the tongue of the Egyptian sea. And with his mighty wind shall he shake his hand over the river and shall smite it in the seven streams and make men go over dryshod. And there shall be an highway for the remnant of his people which shall be left from Assyria, like as it was to Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. I call your attention to verse 1 of this chapter this morning. And there shall come forth a rod or a shoot out of the stem or stump of Jesse, and a branch. Or sprout shall grow out of his roots. <clears throat> Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, it was at a time of great distress in the kingdom that God gave Isaiah this prophecy as a comfort to his people. At this time, God had raised up the mighty Assyrian Empire in the east as a man might raise up an axe in his hand to cut down the apostate kingdom of Israel in the north and also to chastise the backsliding kingdom of Judah in the south. But that axe And I take that figure of speech from Isaiah chapter 10. That axe of the Assyrian Empire with its great army boasted itself and magnified itself against the Lord who held that axe. The Assyrian Empire boasted that it was by its own strength that it had conquered the world, and by its own strength that it would destroy. The kingdoms of the Lord. And therefore, because of the pride of the axe, the Lord vowed through Isaiah that after he was finished using that axe to cut down the apostate kingdom and to chastise the kingdom of Judah, he would destroy that axe. In fact, right at the moment when the Assyrian army would raise up its head, like a snake, to pounce upon Jerusalem, surrounding it with over 185,000 soldiers. At that moment, God would reject that axe and would raise up the axe of his own power to strike it down in a moment by a mighty miracle. This is what we find prophesied in chapter 10, the chapter before our text. There at the very end of chapter 10, Isaiah changes the figure so that whereas Assyria was pictured as this great axe that God would use, now Assyria is pictured as a great forest that God will cut down with the axe of his power. And God kept that promise in the days of Isaiah, during the reign of Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, when he utterly destroyed the Assyrian army. (laughs) and delivered Jerusalem by one of the greatest wonders recorded in Scripture. But what we find in our text, chapter 11, verse 1, is a prophecy which was a much greater comfort and which gave much greater hope to the children of God in those days because it was the promise of the coming Messiah. Isaiah had already prophesied to King Ahaz that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And Isaiah had prophesied, announced really, that unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And on his shoulders, The government will rest for all eternity. Now, once again, Isaiah prophesies of the coming of that child, that Messiah. But now, in a new and vivid figure, when he says in our text, There shall come forth a shoot out of the stump of Jesse, and a sprout or branch shall grow up and blossom. And bear fruit, literally, out of his roots. Let's consider the text together under the theme A Sprout from the Stump of Jesse. Let's notice, first of all, the stump of a once mighty tree. Secondly, a shoot to come forth from it. And thirdly, a branch to grow and bear fruit. As I said, at the end of chapter 10, Isaiah sees, as it were, in a vision that God would cut down the mighty forest of Assyria. But now, in chapter 11, verse 1, he sees that God would cause a shoot, a sprout, to grow up out of the stump of Jesse. What Isaiah sees here, as it were, in a vision, with his prophetic eye, is a picture of the future. But it's a picture that also matches the reality of his own day. It was a picture of a reality that was going to get much worse before it would get better. What Isaiah Isaiah sees is a picture of a stump. When he speaks of a stem in the text, we could translate that a stump. It refers to a tree that has been cut down so that all that remains is the stump with the roots going down in the ground. That's what he sees. He sees, as it were, that a tree once existed, but that tree has been chopped down and that tree has fallen. And he calls this stump the stump of Jesse. What he sees is what appears to be a dead tree. We have to understand what that tree represents. What Isaiah sees here in this stump of Jesse is the remains of what was once a mighty tree. God planted that tree in the tribe of Judah, in the family of Jesse, Jesse was a man in the tribe of Judah who lived in the little town of Bethlehem, who was a son of Obed, who was a son of Boaz, the husband of Ruth. It was from the family of Jesse that God chose the one who would be king in Israel, the youngest son of Jesse, the lowly shepherd boy, David. So when Isaiah sees the stump of Jesse in our text, what he is seeing is the remains of a once mighty tree that God planted in the family of Jesse in the house of David. Because God chose David and appointed David to be a royal dynasty. God appointed David to be the one in whose family and through whose line the king would come. And God had promised to David that the king would forever sit upon his throne. There would always be a king to rule from the house and lineage of David. God prospered the house of David. In the days of David, God caused a mighty tree to grow out of him. So that David was victorious in all of his battles. He fought against the Philistines and the Ammonites and the Moabites and the Edomites. And he was victorious in battle after battle after battle, extending the reaches of his kingdom to the Euphrates River in the east and the Nile in the south, so that a vast empire God established during the days of David. And that continued during the reign of his son Solomon, a reign of unprecedented peace and rest and wealth and prosperity for the people of God. For 40 years, a mighty tree stood there in Jerusalem, a mighty kingdom, a mighty king. And both David and Solomon were men who loved the Lord, who served the Lord, and worshipped Jehovah, the God of Israel. But both David and his son Solomon also sinned grievously against the Lord their God in various ways. And so did their sons after them. Even the kings in the line of David who did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, like Jehoshaphat, like Hezekiah, like Josiah, and others, even those good kings also sinned against the Lord. And we read again and again throughout the history that often they tolerated the people of God to worship idols, to burn incense in the high places to other gods. Even the good kings did that. But the kings in the line of David who did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Like Ahaz who was currently sitting on the throne when Isaiah wrote this prophecy. Wicked Ahaz. They gave themselves over to all manner of wickedness. And they hastened the downfall of true religion in the kingdom of Of Israel and Judah. They brought down upon the land the heavy wrath and indignation of God. So that Isaiah has spoken of the fact that God raised up an axe in the mighty Assyrian Empire. God raised up Assyria in the east as a powerful empire. As a man takes hold of an axe because God would cut down the apostate kingdom of Israel, the kingdom that had turned its back on him and forsaken him and turned to the worship of idols. And God would take that axe too and chasten the kingdom of Judah, the house of David. He would swing that axe and chop, 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 chastising them, limiting and closing them, hemming them in on all sides by the might of Assyria so that dark, Clouds of doom and gloom would settle over the land in the days of Ahaz. That was God taking the axe of Assyria and chopping at the house of David. So that in the days of Isaiah when he wrote this prophecy, when he looked around him at Jerusalem and the house of David, it looked like nothing but a stump of that once mighty tree. It looked as if all hope was lost. It looked as if the kingdom was doomed to destruction. What Isaiah saw in the vision matched the reality that he saw in his day. But things were going to get much worse. Because in fact, in the days of Isaiah, things would first get better. Isaiah would see the death of Ahaz, and he would see the rise of his son Hezekiah, a good and godly king. Isaiah would see days of reformation, of restoration, of true worship in the land. He would see a king sitting on the throne who believed in God and through whom God would deliver them from the might of Assyria, through whose faith God would destroy the Assyrian army. Isaiah was privileged to see those glorious days as well. So what Isaiah sees in this vision when he sees the stump of Jesse is the ultimate end of the house of David. Because after his days, the house of David would apostatize further and further, farther and farther away from the Lord in its obsession with the idols of the land. And king after king after king would lead the people astray until at last God would lift up in his hand a new axe, the Babylonian Empire. He would raise up a new kingdom in the east. And with that axe, once and for all, he would chop down the house of David to nothing but a stump with its roots. He would cut down the earthly dominion of David's line and send that once mighty tree crashing to the ground. God would do that as a punishment But God would do that to reveal the utter failure of every merely earthly and human king. He would do that to show the utter failure of every king from the line of David who is a mere man and who is also a sinner. He would do that to show that all of these merely sinful human kings ultimately could do nothing but lead the people astray into idolatry and all abominations. So he cut down that mighty tree. And we have to see in that history, we have to see in that stump, ourselves. We have to see ourselves there as sinners who are prone to being led astray by ungodly leaders and even by good and godly leaders. We have to see ourselves there as sheep who are so prone to wander into sin so that we bring down upon ourselves the wrath of God and we deserve to be chopped down by the axe of his just wrath and judgment we have to see in that stump how desperately we stand in need of a perfect and righteous king to establish the kingdom in righteousness and to give peace and salvation. What Isaiah sees in this glorious vision is that out of that stump with its roots, a rod comes forth. And that word for rod in the Hebrew is a word that means a tender little shoot. The word for branch in the text could also be translated a little sprout. What Isaiah sees is that in that apparently hopeless situation of an apparently dead tree, in which there is no hope of that tree ever growing again, a tender little green sprout begins to grow. Life comes forth out of what appears to be death. When all seems to be lost with regard to the house of David and all the promises of God to David, there the mercies of God to David Are seen. That little sprout is the Messiah. That little shoot is the coming Emmanuel, the promise of Christ, the Savior, the true Son of David. The Savior will come forth out of the stump of Jesse and from his roots, a branch will rise what we have to notice about this beautiful vision and this hopeful prophecy is that what Isaiah sees is not the restoration of a great and mighty tree but what he sees is a sprout a little shoot tender lowly, despised. We must envision in that tree a little green growth, struggling and weak, poking up from the dead stump. And Isaiah says here in the prophecy, that's the Messiah. That's what he will look like. That's the kind of king he will be. People of God, Isaiah was saying. We must not expect the restoration of a mighty earthly empire, like in the days of David and Solomon. But we must expect something lowly, something humble, something tender and weak by all human standards. We must expect a little shoot, a little sprout to grow up out of the stump. And it's true, Isaiah goes on in the prophecy to describe the Messiah, that the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, verse 2, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge after the sight of his eyes or reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge and reprove with equity. And he will smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked, and in righteousness and in faithfulness he will come. A great and mighty king. But Isaiah says, He is a sprout, a tender little branch. Because although he will be great, his greatness will not be according to human standards, but he will come in all appearances in lowliness. And humility, in deep humiliation, a little sprout. Later in chapter 53 of Isaiah's prophecy, he will go on to write this about the coming Messiah. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form or comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. That's what we are to expect. And when God kept his promise, when God caused that little shoot to come forth from the stump of Jesse, to be born of the Virgin Mary, espoused to Joseph, both of whom were in the line of King David. He was born of a poor woman. In the little town of Bethlehem, in the lowliest of circumstances, wrapped up in swaddling bands and laid in a manger where the animals were eating their food, amidst the cows and the horses and the pigs and the, and the cattle and whatever animals were there in Bethlehem, the little Messiah was born. And he grew up in Nazareth, which was the backward place of Galilee. That too, according to prophecy. And Matthew wrote in Matthew 2, verse 23, that he grew up in Nazareth And he was called a Nazarene, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. But here's the thing. You cannot find in any of the prophecies that anywhere is it said that the coming Messiah will be called a Nazarene. Or that he will be raised in Nazareth. So what does Matthew mean when he says, this was in fulfillment of the prophets. That he should be called a Nazarene. That's why he was raised in Nazareth. Because the Hebrew word in our text is "nazar." The Hebrew word for sprout, the Hebrew word for shoot, for a little one, is naser. He will be called a naser, a nazarene, a little, tender, lowly, despised, humble sprout. That's the prophecy of old. That's why he grew up in Nazareth, according to prophecy. Born in lowly circumstances, raised in humble circumstances, despised and rejected by his own, hated by the Jews in Nazareth, in Jerusalem, until at last they drove him to the cross. And there at the cross, this little shoot was smitten, stricken of God, and wounded for our transgressions. This little sprout, who is none other than the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, humbled himself to death, even the death of the cross, gave himself, humiliated himself, so that through his stripes we might be healed, Through his beatings, through his scourgings, through his bloodshed, through his death, we might be spared the axe of God's wrath. The axe that God holds up to smite down all sinners who rebel against him. That axe came down upon the head of the sprout on the cross instead of upon you. And instead of upon me, it came down upon Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, a suffering Savior, a lowly Savior, a little shoot who has no comeliness or beauty that we should desire him so that through his humiliation and his suffering we might be righteous. And finally, Isaiah sees that this little one, this sprout, will grow out of his roots. And we could translate that word grow this way. He will blossom and he will bear fruit. Isaiah doesn't only see this humble shoot, growing up so tender and lowly, but then he sees that this tender shoot blossoms. And through the way of lowliness and humiliation, it becomes the greatest and mightiest and most glorious tree that has ever been seen. And it bears fruit. It wondrously, miraculously bursts upward towards the heavens with power and life. And all of its branches bear the most glorious fruit. God fulfilled this prophecy in our Lord Jesus Christ, who through his suffering and humiliation arose from the dead, victorious over the grave, victorious over death, And he burst forth and he ascended up into heaven and became the most glorious and mighty king and established the most glorious kingdom that the world has ever seen. The kingdom that God goes on to describe in the rest of the chapter. A kingdom of righteousness. A kingdom in which the Messiah will judge with righteousness, with wisdom. He will not oppress the poor, but he will care for them. He will love them. He will smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and he will slay the wicked with the breath of his lips. But there will be righteousness and there will be peace. God is fulfilling the rest of the prophecy of the passage right now in this present time. From the resurrection of Jesus Christ unto all eternity, God is fulfilling the prophecy of the sprout who became the great king. In all nations of the world, God is engrafting branches into him out of every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue so that dead branches become alive in Christ and a mighty kingdom is established in all the earth through the gospel and spirit of the Messiah. But the final and perfect fulfillment awaits the future when he comes again. Because then when the little sprout who has become the great king appears on the clouds of heaven at last. Then will be fulfilled what we read in verse 4, that with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. The mighty Assyrian empire, the Babylonian empire, the Greek empire, the Roman empire, and the last great empire that comes of the man of sin will be stricken down, will be slain by our Messiah. And then he will usher in the age of everlasting ages, so beautifully described in our passage. When the wolf will dwell with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the kid, the calf with the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them and the cow and the bear shall feed. And their young ones shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the little baby child will play by the hole of the asp and put his hand on the hole of the viper's den. But there will be no harm, no destruction in all my holy mountain. For the whole earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And as he goes on to describe in the rest of the passage, he will gather the outcasts out of all the nations into his kingdom. And Ephraim will not envy Judah, and Judah will not vex Ephraim. But within the people of God, there will be peace. There will be no more division, no more strife, no more fighting, but perfect peace and rest and righteousness for all eternity. That's the hope that we have. In Jesus Christ. So let us come with that hope and celebrate the supper in remembrance of that little tender sprout who did such great things for us. Amen. Our Father, which art in heaven, we give thee thanks for the gospel of the Messiah, the prophecy and fulfillment. In our Lord Jesus Christ. Grant now that as we partake of this supper, we might do so in remembrance of his humiliation, his suffering, and his death for us and for our salvation.